0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Pushing Through Blue podcast, an interview podcast sharing stories of people's experiences with mental health in an effort to bring awareness, help others start conversations and breaking through the stigma surrounding mental health. Before we dive into episode 4, as always, just a couple of important housekeeping items. If you haven't already, please take one minute out of your time, go back and listen to the Disclosure Message episode. It's really important. Secondly, I wanted to say thank you for taking the time out to listen to episode 3, Tori's Story. And also to those who reached out with their thoughts and comments on the episode, I'm glad to hear Tori's story was able to provide value and support to others. On episode 4, I'm very privileged to be able to share with you Simon's story, where Simon shares his journey and experiences growing up in a large family of six children with a strict religious upbringing, where keeping quiet and bottling up emotions became second nature, the struggles to meet others' expectations of adapting to a stereotypical manly bloke profile. His experiences with traumatic nightmares during his late teens, and the effects this played with early signs of anxiety and depression. Simon also shares his and his wife's journey with having children, the stresses associated with early parenthood, and the effects unexpected life changes can play on one's mental health. The struggle to have and start conversations about his mental health, but the immediate feeling of support and reassurance when he did. From his own experiences, what advice he today would provide others? that may be going through the same or similar thoughts and feelings. Simon's story really hits home for me. There are so many similarities in my own experiences and journey, which has helped reinforce a number of things, that starting conversations and seeking professional help early is vital to prevent mental illness, and that we are all so different, but in a lot of ways, our stories and experiences when shared can be so much the same. Simon is sharing his story in an effort to bring awareness to mental health To offer support to others, to start having conversations, to reach out for help and that it's okay not to be okay, that the bad times do pass and that help and support are available. If you or someone you know may be experiencing the same signs and thoughts as Simon, please know that there is help available and you are not alone. Please reach out, speak to your doctor, GP, I'll also list a number of support organisations and their contact details in the description section of this podcast episode. Thank you so much. And now here's Simon's story. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pushing Through Blue. I'm your host Dane Peavy. My guest today, one half of Apple Slice Podcast. Fan of all things Apple and Nintendo 64 related. Simon, welcome to the podcast, my friends. How you
1: doing? Hi, Dane. How's it going? Yeah, I've, I've had a pretty good day. I had my son's Batman-themed birthday party today, so that that went down a treat. And I did a surprise appearance as Batman himself. So, yeah, ve- very stoked kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. That's great. Did, did you, where, where did you have it?
1: Uh, there was out at the park, and funnily enough, there happened to be another... Three-year-old Batman-themed party on at the exact same time under the same gazebo. Like, what are what are the chances?
0: <laughs> what are the odds? Two Batman parties. Yeah. Oh my god! It would have been some confusion there with the uh, the parents and the kids. Yeah, they would
1: have had a great time. Yeah, no, it was fun all round. Oh that's
0: good that's excellent hey um how's your week been anyway
1: yeah yeah this this week uh has certainly been better than than the previous um and I guess that's what we're here to discuss but same old, same old sort of just working and everything like that unfortunately now you know especially with w a we don't have the daylight savings time, so that means a lot of early rising for <laughs> from the kids, and it's just that time of year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a busy time of year. Hey, um, for people that don't know you, um, either just personally or via your podcast, do you mind just t- sharing a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay, yeah. So my name is Simon <laughs> and I operate and host a, a tech podcast called Apple Slice that is all about Apple. And basically we're giving our Australian perspective, myself and, this, and another guy, Nick in Melbourne, on everything happening in that space. Because basically a lot of tech podcasts seem to reside or come from America. So we thought you know let's let's put our spin on it and I've been doing that for nearly three years now but that's a little thing I do outside of work my main job is I'm a uh, in-house marketing manager for um, a place that manufactures stuff for machinery and I've definitely learned a lot on the job I knew nothing about machinery beforehand and I've been there for five years and it's a it's a very rewarding job I'm so glad that I I landed that position. I'm in a position where I'm completely in charge of, say, their marketing budget and all that sort of stuff. And this is a multi-million dollar company, and um, I I feel very proud that they're constantly growing and the stuff that I'm doing is having a positive effect and job satisfaction goes hand in hand with um, mental health as well. So I will touch on that later in my story.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And, and just transitioning into that one there, I guess I'm very fortunate and, and privileged to have you on the show. After my episode, uh, I guess sharing my story about depression and anxiety, you were kind enough to, to reach out and you know share some really kind words and resonate that some of the things that I spoke about in my story really hit home for you uh, yes. and the journey that you're going on. And I, I wanted to take the opportunity and you're extremely kind enough to, to come on here today and, and to dive in and, and share your story. So I'm, I'm totally grateful for that. I know a little bit about your story uh, that you've shared with me and, and some of these things that you know, you're know you going through and that you've been through it really resonate with me. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm hoping that you know, from your story it will bring value to others that may be going through the same thing. So I just wanted to say a big thank you um, in advance for that.
1: No worries. I'm ha- happy to happy to talk about it.
0: Yeah, thank you, mate. So I guess with any journey we, we've got to look at the start, paint the pictures to from your experience where it all sort of began for you. So if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about when did you start... For first seeing the signs of mental health for yourself?
1: Well a bit of a background before that in terms of my personality and I guess some people seem to they would blame a lot of stuff on their upbringing and I think that's There's truth in that to an extent. I don't think that the way you're brought up should rule your life, but it certainly has kicked off the type of, um, I don't know, I guess the type of feelings that I've I've been susceptible to and the way that I try and um, handle that. So a bit of a background is... I've always seen myself as like a sensitive peacekeeper. So I grew up in a large family of six kids. I was the middle child, who typically is the peacekeeper, um, with a strict religious upbringing, hence the six kids. And basically, along with that, keeping quiet was just like second nature. My dad, especially, he was, you know, leading the household. He was uh, leading everything to do with, you know, um, us going to church regularly and all the other stuff that we did that went along with that. And he's just never been... um, it's, it's a bit hard to explain, but I would never want friends to come around my house, put it that way. Like, I felt like that it was very, you had to keep quiet. You couldn't be normal. You couldn't go out, kick a ball out the front or whatever without worrying that he might, like, come out and, and yell at you and tell you to keep it down. He, he, he himself was very sensitive to loud noises from kids and everything like that anyway. And it's not until later in life that I sort of discovered that there's certain things in my dad's personality that are within me, too, and And that was um, something that kind of frightened me as well, because I always in my my head, I was just like, I don't want to be like, like my dad. Like I want to be for my kids. I want to be the approachable one. I want to be, they can feel, they can be honest and talk to me. Um, And so when I started seeing signs that I felt like I was kind of becoming my father, that, that really sort of freaked me out. He, he's not a bad guy. We can get along on a general level, but yeah, it's certainly, at least as a kid, I felt like how my friends were with their fathers was just totally chill and you could relax and, and I was, it was always very uptight and very keep quiet at home. So sorry for that long intro, but that's kind of like...
0: No, no, that's that's perfect. I I appreciate you putting it that way. That's that's absolutely fine. So what what did your dad do as a as a job? Yeah,
1: so he was a psychiatric doctor. Right. Um yeah. and when you take that and you mix it with like very extreme focus on religion, it's just like a killer combo. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine. So it's yeah, it's like you would get and particularly when we're getting into into the teenage years and stuff, I would get You know, oh, hey, Simon, can we come and speak to you about something for a bit? And that chat would start just after dinner, and it would finish about five hours later. Wow. Like, like that's the type of level of analysis and overthinking and... And everything that my dad goes into. And he somehow always would bring it back to a religious side of things. So it's weird because he was like somewhere between the line of like scientific fact and then religion. And it was just very, it, it was very confusing as a child, as a teenager, you just didn't want like it, it put a... A bad taste about the whole thing in your head. You just didn't want anything to do with it, and then you, because of that, I always held back in ever saying anything about my feelings. Yeah, okay. Uh, to my dad because I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to endure another one of those sessions no it was a big
0: deterrent you didn't want to open the doors pandora's box so to speak to start that conversation which you knew pretty much where the journey would go and and the ending you'd walk out of there probably a bit more confused than anything
1: else yeah exactly and it's like early in the morning and you you got school the next day it's yeah crazy i had viewed back then especially when i was a kid i viewed this just as my personality i was like just a sensitive kid, you know, and I always struggled to kind of meet that expectations of being manly. I, I, I wasn't sporty. Um, I didn't go, to, I, I mean, I went to a few sports games with my dad, but because I wasn't into it, you know, I wasn't like a lot of the other kids. So, uh, but on on the flip side of that I've I've always tried to feel like I should make up with that by being the the goofy one. I was very much into art and music and and cracking jokes. So that was my thing. That was my way I could connect with people, try and impress girls and all that sort of stuff. It's like I couldn't be I was like a like skinny like goofy kid. I couldn't be the the jock or anything. So I had to find my own lane. Yeah. Um and that and that, and that was cool. Like I was I was totally fine with that, but I never I always felt like that you know my dad was a bit like well why doesn't you know my my first son play sports like why isn't he into it you know like Mm. don't be a wimp and all that sort of stuff and yeah that's just um, that's something that is still to this day like plays in my head and you know nothing to do with like you know playing sports now or anything like that but just that constant thing of I in, in many ways I never feel as I don't know, as like supercharged, as like gung ho, as that, you know, as a lot of guys that I know and I see sort of thing yeah
0: and, and I guess I wonder if that comes down to like I come from a family of, of two I'm the eldest and my sister is five years younger chalk and cheese we are absolutely chalk and cheese and that's and that's part of like how we were raised and and um, who we were raised with I was probably more with dad and my sister was more with my mom and you know obviously the separation between my parents plays a factor as well but coming from a family of six I mean that's that's a, that's a huge point as well I mean you'd be so also different and different Different stages of life and obviously with the, with what are you talking about with your father and, and the religion background as well it must be really complicated as well and makes it hard when you're trying to find yourself in the world I guess and, and stand out as best you can and you know you look at these stereotypical qualities of you know what a guy should be or a man and you know and it's sometimes that's just just not who you are and it's part of that part of that journey of, of finding yourself and finding exactly. a nation sometimes it's just you know human nature to be like well you know, I can be this, this is, this comes more natural to me. And I seem to make, give value to people, make them laugh and and join my company. So, you know, I I definitely get that. Absolutely get that. So I guess, um, moving on from there, when was the initial signs that you could find, or when were the initial signs, sorry, of change from, from growing up and knowing that, look, something might be not right.
1: Yeah. So anything involving, things that I could feel like were leading towards depression or even admitting to myself that this is something beyond just feeling sad or whatever. That wasn't until later in high school and I just noticed myself doing certain habits and and getting stuck into like dark thought patterns that I was like, no, this is beyond just being like moody hormonal teenager, right? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm very much into the like art and visual side of stuff and I love that. I love having a great attention to detail and being so focused on stuff like that. But I am a very visual person. And because of that, if there's something that I see that I find disturbing or, or strange or whatever, I can't unsee it. It just, it sticks in my mind. It's why I avoid watching horror movies, say, okay. you know, because it, it will play on my mind and it'll it'll affect a lot of different things for me. And I'll have multiple dreams and I could recount them back to you in detail so I could have seven dreams in one night wow. and I could tell you the next morning the sequence they were in and what happened in each one. Wow. And
0: that's and that's that's really difficult for a lot of people. I mean like I don't know many people like that. I know many people that can have dreams, let alone, you know, one or two dreams to, to seven dreams and, and remember in detail. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how, how the mind works like that.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't until I was around seventeen, so yeah, we are talking uh, year twelve, that I started having like repetitive and wildly intense nightmares. And this, this stuff really, like, screwed me up. I, I They would constantly be about family members dying or, and certain graphic imagery happening in it. And in the nightmare, I was either helpless or I was being accused of it. Nah. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, you've had vivid dreams yourself where they just feel really real. Sure. And when I, when I had woken up from those or force-woken myself out of them, you know, like you would force wake yourself out of one of these and and you'd wake up and your mouth would be wide open as if you had been screaming and it's three in the morning. Yeah. Something like that. Um, cause you know, something really bad's about to happen. I would then just like lie awake from that point on and until it was ready to go to school or whatever. And I'd I wouldn't be able to shake it and at first I thought okay I was just having a bad night or whatever but upon the repetition I felt like I was like just floating like throughout school and then this went beyond school as well like if this happened over the course of a week during the day I just felt pretty numb constantly anxious um, and felt like there was just something bad was going to happen
0: yeah okay. and
1: and and you're not you're not good to really you know you're you're a downer for anyone you go to try and hang with your friends and stuff, and you're a downer um you try and hide it from keep to yourself hide it from your parents because you don't want to get into those convers- long conversations and yeah, I basically uh, at least a couple of years once this has started happening i I thought I was going crazy. I was just like why you know why can't I control this now it wasn't happening constantly, hmm. but it was just like when it did you know, it was bad. And so like the gaps between it at the start would be quite far apart. So it might happen like, you know, a few times a year or something. Yeah. Um, but then it wasn't until uh, I jumped forward to the age of 22 um, and I was married by that point that it came on strong again. And I remember like be feeling like in a, in a real vulnerable state and someone might ask you, oh, hey, are you all right? And that's just yeah. like, it's like the floodgates open. Yeah. Yeah, and and then and she's just like, "What's wrong?" And I just burst open about it, and I was just recounting to her just this vivid dream. This is your your you wife, yeah, my yeah. wife, yeah, and 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 because obviously it's my wife, and I know her. I know how different she is to my parents. She is yeah. the complete opposite of wanting to sit down and talk about it for hours. You know, yeah, okay. Um, so I felt far more comfortable mentioning it, and I was just pretty much just like. Yeah, I'm having this dream where I'm basically putting my brother in the, the electric chair and I'm forced to do it and he's looking at me as it's happening and I can't and I'm bawling my eyes out as it's happening and I've got like a jury staring at me, like shaking their head as if I'm like the criminal and it was just like that whole scenario yeah, and that dream happening over and over again just like stuck with me and as I said, you just, you just feel like you're floating around during the day and you're not actually really reactive you know you're not functioning normally
0: no and and just just on that one there so when you're starting having these dreams you were you looking at the time frame here we're looking at the age of 17 when you're starting to have these dreams not having all the time but that you know obviously happening you know when they happen and when they happen like you said they're bad so yeah, yes fast forward to you're 22 now at 22 this is when you're starting to talk about it, is that right
1: yes yeah so man, that's a, five. That's years, a lot of yeah. pressure
0: on you, hey. That's a lot of pressure. I mean, like you know, to to and and you were you were you talking about it at all? To to I guess, obviously, you weren't talking to your parents, you know, the when, when it was happening. Were you talking to your brothers and sisters or no, anyone else? No,
1: I didn't. Um, so we were all together as a family. I actually grew up in Brisbane. Okay. Um, and we were all together as as a family, and it wasn't until I was in year ten that we moved to where I am now, so Albany, Western Australia. And, um, and my oldest sister was old enough, uh, uh, she stayed there. And then sort of since then, you know, like my next oldest sister grew up and then she moved out of home and went to Perth and now she's moved around. And so basically me and my six siblings are all spread out now across different cities okay. um, in Australia. So, so sort of back then, the ones I did have to talk to were the younger ones Sure. anyway. And and I don't think, like, I didn't want to bother them with that. You know, do you know what I mean? I had like, you know, my brother was probably not even, he was in his teens at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things that you feel like, no, I am a guy, which is just, like, the stupidest excuse. Oh, mate, excuse it's, it's there. I'm you a guy, know, you, I should you, be you able to handle this. I'm, right. I'm just being stupid. I, I don't you know, want to be a wuss. You know, I'll, just yeah. keep,
0: I'll just keep plowing along. I'll be right. You know, she'll be fine. She'll just work itself out. So, um, man, I've been there. You know, 22, you're finally talking to someone your wife, who you're obviously the most comfortable with talking to about it. How, how does it feel? Is it, is it a sense of relief? Are you, you know, do you get some immediate just weight off your shoulder? Like, I feel like this is the road to recovery for yourself. Or, and how did it sort of change from there for you?
1: Um, anytime you speak to someone unfamiliar with it mm. and they are accepting and they want to listen, that is excellent like I can't like I I know towards the end of this episode we're sort of going to talk about pieces of advice say I could give and I just think that is one of the (laughs) spoiler alert that is one of the 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 biggest pieces of advice is like you feel like that people people tell you okay you know are you okay like depression and the advertising that go and talk to someone go and talk to someone and in your head you're thinking okay I hear this all the time you have to do it like once you do it to someone that is and and someone and most people are going to be receptive right mm. it is literally just like a like a 9 day experience
0: yeah 100%
1: but i mean I was t- telling her at the time, and I wasn't telling any- anyone else. And it wasn't until years later that I started to sort of find other people that I could yeah bring it up with. But um, at least that first step was great. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And look, I've got a lot to share about that as well, and I- and I'll touch on that uh, a little bit later on in the episode. And, and I just want to go to the next area here that we sort of spoke about, which really resonated with me, and I know it resonated with you from my story. And this is where it really got me got me right in the in the heart there, just with. Children, so I know you're a dad and you've got two beautiful kids, boy and a girl, three and five.
1: Uh, and yeah, well, she'll be, she will be, t- one that turned three today, yep. <laughs> as I mentioned at the start, and the one that's turning five in a couple of months. So. Yeah,
0: perfect. And and I guess, y- you know, you've gone some through journey having children and, and how that's played a role on, on your depression and anxiety. Can you share your story about that? Because, I mean, this, this really resonates with me and I've got a lot of common uh, factors on this one as well. Okay,
1: cool. All right, so... Over time, I've just become used to being a, a light sleeper. Um, I just am anyway, but I constantly overthink things. And if stress can play in your mind, you'll be awake, which is pretty common stuff, right? Mm. But I feel like at least that helped prepare me for when we were finally expecting our first child, which yeah. you know people are worried about. You know how how you know, we'll hear all this stuff about you know losing sleep and everything, and I was just kind of like, eh, I know I can function. Right, I'll be fine. Yeah. So at least I didn't have that worry, right? Yeah. Um, now from when we first started trying for a baby, I mean, we, we just assumed like many other people that you'd be like, yeah, you, know, you get excited and you think, yep, cool. And then it doesn't happen sure. and then it doesn't happen. And then it wasn't until after a year or year and a half of this that we started seeking medical advice. And that was then followed by three years of tests, long car trips to Perth, so Albany is a five hour drive from Perth. Expensive surgery, my wife had um, weight loss surgery to even be given the correct medication that she'd need for, um, for basically being able to have a child. Uh, I mean, which was life changing in itself anyway, so that, that was great. And then of course, along with that, which is one of the hardest things for me to talk about, especially when it comes to the being manly thing. And that's the immense pressure to do the deed. Yeah. Like people just, uh, just assume and they tell you that, Oh, you know, it must be great for the guys. Mm. It's fine. Like, you know, you can do, do whatever. I'm like, not until you put yourself in the situation of like, okay, it's a specific time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it has to happen, has to happen, has to happen, yep. blah blah blah. You you can stress yourself out of actually even hundred percent being able 100%. to get there, yep. and um, that is yeah, is something that I've just never even mentioned to anyone because it's always just been a thing that I've heard since teen and onwards, and that is just this like idea of like yeah, man, guys want it all the time, ready to go, blah blah blah, mm. and I just I could never relate to that, and so I just net I felt like I was. I almost felt like I was a freak. Like, I was just like, you know, everyone else around me, like, it's all bravado and blah, blah, blah. And it's not until recently when I actually spoke to a doctor relating to that side of things that, yeah, he's like, no, this is definitely way more common than you think. Absolutely. And, I, and that Absolutely. was just like... The, great greatest thing to hear for for me like it was just yeah.
0: yeah and once again and that's that's you going out there and and you know stepping out of the stereotypical you know what, what people talk about you know oh this is the normality of things and and just asking someone hey is is this a common thing and it's so surprising and it shouldn't be surprising it, it really doesn't surprise me anymore how common yes. this is um you know and i don't know if i can't remember if i mentioned this in my story but we've got uh, two kids ourselves links two and and Leah's just turned six yes, okay. and it wasn't easy for us either um, for both kids I mean Leah took us more than six months and and Lincoln was a completely different story and and again we we had surgery we we, we did every sort of option that's out there um you know we we, we did all the, the seeing of the doctors seeking the advice trial and error trial and error and and exactly like you're saying you know about doing the deed at certain times mate it's we got 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 apps um, for 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 my wife. Got apps for me. You know, you doing sperm testing. You are doing everything, mate. Everything goes under the microscope as to why this isn't happening. And every month you're having the same conversations. You know, but you have to. You know, having the same conversations and it's you ride the roller coaster as well as to you know why isn't this happening for us? You know, what what's going on? Is there something wrong with with you know with me with with having these thoughts? Mm. And you know, you've just got to work together as a team and just say look. We, we, you know, we want this, we've, we've got to stay positive, we've just got to keep rolling with the options that are available. But I 100% get what you're saying with regards to, you know, talking about it, you know, it's it's, it's a hard thing and a lot of people have got that stereotype just to say, well, you know, you've got it easy, you know, you you just do the deed and so on and so forth. But it's not, it's it's a partnership, you know, you're, you're in it together, you're both, and putting so much pressure on yourself every month, you know, you're doing it at certain times, you've got to keep it up and, and, and some of that stuff is out of your control, it's just a matter of just yes. yep. when it's time, it's time, Um. Yeah, so I hundred percent get where he's going.
1: Yeah, from. that's that's awesome to hear because I've never spoken to. I, I think I possibly know one guy that maybe gone for a similar thing, but I've never spoken to him about it. Mm. And yeah, no, that's that's just that's fantastic. To, <laughs> it's a negative thing, but it's fantastic to hear. Like just knowing. Oh, yeah. it's
0: yeah, and uh, and look, to be honest, like you know, when, when I when I go to these doctors, and, and you might have been the self, you know, you you go to the, the specialist, fertility specialist, and and you look around the room, and you know, we're just. We're just normal people trying to bring a kid into the world to, you know, to, to enjoy life, you know, and, and everyone's got their own struggles and, you know, here's some of the stories I know from the people that were around us at the times when, when we were trying, you know, a lot of emotional things that they were going through and they'd been through and just, I guess sometimes like it was really inspiring to me hearing some of the stories and, and just. The positivity that was coming out of these people as well and it's not just you know it's not just it's it's not just the the mother trying it's you know it's the the dad that's trying as well and just staying optimistic and, and that's really all you can do just just keep rolling with it so yeah help each other out and you know share the stories exactly
1: Exactly, I think that's that, that that is key. I think we're we're striking a theme here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sharing your story, sharing your experiences, it's just going, it goes a long way. Hundred percent. So we finally did fall pregnant, and we we just couldn't believe it. I right? we were absolutely over it. We actually had we'd almost we'd resolved ourselves to the fact that okay, this isn't happening, and we actually booked a world trip. We're like, okay, let's just go travelling. Yep. And then we fell pregnant, and we got excited, and we're like, oh, we don't need, we can't go on this world trip anymore. Cancelled that. And then, nearly three months later, uh, with yeah, much sadness, there was a miscarriage, and that was um, so you know not only have you just cancelled this world trip and lost a fair bit of money that you've towards it, you know, you've done that, and then the thing that you've been wanting this whole time, it's um, taken away from and, you. and and yeah, and that 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 first one was just like the worst... The the thing is, at the time, like with that, I wasn't even thinking about anything to do with depression. That because I thought, no, this is a genuine like your your mourning, yeah. um, and so I wasn't, I didn't have that part on my mind. Yeah, but that that is just yeah, just something in life that just kind of like added to all the stress of things. I guess. Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: That's that's just a terrible, terrible sadness, man. And I'm so sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, and then after that, um, we had another one. Um, that was a lot earlier on in the piece, so. It wasn't as bad, but it was just like, oh, wow, well, you know, you kind of like, it feel, feels like you're getting kicked while you're down yeah. sort of scenario. And and so we'd kind of almost written ourselves off of becoming parents at that time. And I was just falling back into my sort of similar ways of, of just general feeling of depression and that. And then they finally, yeah, we made it happen. There was another pregnancy and this time it worked out. So that was fantastic. Um, that first, you know, you got your three three months sort of safe point you know when people typically announce a baby yeah um and the that that from when we found out up until that 12 week point was just constant distress you're just thinking like any little sign of like anything that looks like they could be a miscarriage and you're freaking out yeah yeah Um, understandably but yeah Uh, i mean about about six to seven months long so everything did go fine um in the pregnancy uh things were looking good um so we're feeling very positive about it um she, she was having a good pregnancy didn't have morning sickness or anything we thought yes this does feel really good and we'll discuss about getting a mortgage and stuff so you know like new life um in in all regards and then out of the blue uh rock up to work on a monday morning and we had all these strangers in suits that had come down from Perth, and they were the insolvency people. Basically, my work was shutting down. Yeah. Immediately, we had 35 people um, all lose their job. The last pay we'd received was from the week prior, and there was no redundancy. Oh, jeez. And I just remember being like, I was, heaps of people were crying, and I was just pissed. I was just, because my, 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 I knew my bosses were like terrible managers and everything. And it's just the fact that they, they kept it from us. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, everything's actually fine. Yeah. And then it's not. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, screw this. I'm out of here. Yeah. And I remember my wife then getting onto me on the phone, like straight after I lost my job. And she was like, oh, hey, yes, yeah, so I was speaking to this guy about this house that we're looking at, blah, blah, blah. And she was like talking to uh. me all happy, happy. I'm like, Taya, Taya. I'm like, and she's like, what? And I told her and she just bawling and that was like the worst thing and you know as I said she's like seven months pregnant at the time it's just that was crazy and so the next day I was like straight out there looking going into all different different places looking for any any form of a job because they wouldn't you know I I was an in-house like graphic designer at that the place I did lose my job at and I was like that in a small town of Albany. In this type of similar position, is going to be like hens teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be and tough. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. So I was just like, I'll, I'll take anything. You know, I was I I like walked into the Telstra store or whatever. You know, I yep. didn't want to do it, yep. but uh, you have to do it.
0: You just want to buy yourself some time, just to just. I mean, you're just blindsided, like and like anyone. You know, you, you just want to basically just just swim, get yourself to a point there where you're just floating, and that way you can just look around and, and see the next you know next jump that you can do. I guess.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. and then so out of the blue though it's just like i felt like the the planets had aligned or something but two weeks after i'd lost my job an ad went in the paper for the exact position of and it's the job i'm at now yeah so like i'd i been looking for a for a job to get out of um the, the prior workplace because i wasn't happy there yeah nothing appeared for like a year yeah. it's not until they go they go under i don't have work and then like like an angel appearing. The universe is um, aligned for you. They just yes, heard you
0: calling. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. They said, don't get uh, to Telstra. You're coming exactly. with us. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yep. And uh, I'm so glad I did that. And That's so good. we were like, yes, yes, this is great. And then the, one of the biggest changes in, in my life, um, aside from kids, would be about a day or so into this job. Mm. And I just suddenly get hit in the head with like just this intense head pressure mm. and constant headaches. And I was just like, have I come down with a bad cold? Like I didn't really have cold symptoms. Um, and the tension never left. And like weeks in, into this and, and it was constant, um, I just, I had to grin through it. I had to pretend everything was fine with my new bosses. You know, I mean, like obviously you're trying to impress them. You're like, hey, you employed me for a reason. And yeah. they're sitting down with you in meetings and asking you questions and you're analysing data. And I couldn't even stare at the screen for yeah. long enough where just, I was just squinting through it almost. Um, I was taking pills upon pills, just like an absurd amount of far beyond what you should take of Panadol and anything like that, right? Mm. Um, and stuff that's stronger. And I even had prescribed meds, like really strong stuff, and that wasn't doing anything. And then I, because I, I was a similar approach to you, because when when you said with like fighting depression, you you, you didn't want the, you wanted to do it without medication, yeah. right? Yeah. That's cool. what that's the point I got to. I was just like, I, I'm sick of like taking these pills I look like an absolute nut job I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut it all together I'm just gonna like power through it Mm. and that's mostly what I've been doing um, since that point so this would uh, involve a constant tension. Uh, when it gets really bad, dizziness, ringing in the ears. I might see like uh, you, you know, if you get up too quickly, and you see like little spot, like flashes of sparkle yep. and stuff in the air. Yeah, like okay. I get that, um, and 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 motion sickness was um, a thing that really kind of developed a, an anxiety in me. Yeah, um, okay. and still to this day, I from that point, I have to take just certain traveling medication and stuff just because it happens. I, I get in a, you know, so have to go on a plane trip or something. I get myself in a stupid state of anxiety the night before, but just worrying about getting sick. And it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm like, this is, you know, between that and then, and then the bouts of depression and everything, yeah. like I feel and not being able to focus, with all this like pressure in my head and stuff, I I feel like I'm I'm just like, what the hell is happening to me? Yeah, it's just the combination of those things just puts you into the next stage for me, which was just like the darkest. Yeah. Like you go to the you go to the absolute depths of like your thought patterns and stuff, and that's when it gets seriously worrying.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, I, and I, like this is the part of the story as well as part of this this story of yours is where it really resonated with me. Very similar. To, to myself um, you know I was I was working in a job straight out of university I was in the industry, industry I'm in now and, and I was with a company that I guess like yourself was poorly poorly managed no communication yes. but you could sort of see that writing on the wall you know things aren't looking great people were leaving a lot of you know added pressure to myself I, I mean I, I sort of wanted to stay loyal but at the same time I've got a baby on the way and didn't want to create any waves and turned out that they went on leave and when they was born and company he closed up when I was away and, Mm. and I was fortunate enough like yourself to find another job and and I and I just remember like when entering into that new job just I guess my depression and the anxiety flaring up, I guess the anxiety flaring up firstly, you know, obviously the new pressures, you know, I've got new bubs at home. I've got to make this job work. Um, it's all very new to me. And, and just, just, you know, just want to get on to the right, right track and do the right things. And that creates anxiety in yourself. And you're constantly just thinking, you know, my anxiety is all about like in that headspace of myself. So I look back now and I know that my worst enemy was myself and my headspace because I would turn something small. And it would literally be a snowball effect. So I would take something small, like if it's work, all right, here's a small problem, you know. But instead of just saying, okay, look, let's get perspective. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. You know, that's I guess that's the way, you know, one would think about it. No, no, I would be like, well, here's a problem. How did that problem occur? You know, will it occur again? You know, what, what's the ramifications for this? How, you know, will this affect someone else? Will this affect myself? Like in my headspace would just, just, and this is where, like I sort of consider it as... That, that feeling where you just, you get a wave just hits you and you just get smashed by this wave at once. And I guess that's when I talk in my episode about um, my panic attack. Mm. And I've, I've, I've had one panic attack and that mm. was at the new job when I was first in there and it was and it like I just uh, explain it like gets to a point there where yes. you know your body just reacts to that rush of adrenaline that you put on yourself well I put on myself and it was just like this massive wave hits you and you just got air You like your head space is just in, in you're underwater you feel like and you just head space is just not there and you just really can't function so and I was fortunate enough to, to move on from that job and I'm in my current job and I've been there for five years now and it's it, I'm, I'm definitely in a better um headspace because of it and sometimes it is you know a change of scenery and a change of job that that really can define you know a part of you know your mental health mm. you know if you can find that sort of um job or the environment on that space i mean you spend so so much of your life there and, and so much of your days there um you know if you can sort of find somewhere that you know is, is good for you in your headspace it's it's certainly one factor that you can you know work towards making it better anyway
1: yeah i, I 100% agree i i know exactly what you mean i um, it, it is also uh, like on a side note, I feel like it, it has, in terms of talking about planets aligning and all that sort of stuff, just myself like finding um, out about this with your story and then how it applies to myself like it's it's bizarre it's like you say okay you've been at your current job for five years i've been my current job for five years you're what 32 did you say yeah 32 uh and and i'm 31 tomorrow yeah wow um uh we had the same situation with the kids and then they're losing the job and it's just like i was like Man, this is like I have to get on there. This is like you that. Know, this it, is like
0: that Batman uh, birthday party yes, you went exactly. to. Exactly, it's <laughs> two Batman parties, two three-year-olds. What's going on here? It's it's too it's too weirding out. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that that's it. You know, I'm 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 just um, it's it, it's crazy. But uh, it just goes to show like how common some of these things are. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, and um, I, and I speak about it. Like I didn't talk about this to anyone. For you know, for a long time, and 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 certainly much longer than I should have. I should have hindsight now. I should have talked long, long ago. But mm. I didn't because you know I was the stereotypical. You know, why talk about it? What's it going to do? You know, it, it's going to stress out my wife who's who's pregnant and is already, you know, learning. Bubs number one, and I'm learning. Bubs number one, and mm. that's just going to make that that bad and then you know am i gonna feel bad for talking about it and to to me it was just like a it was a no deal it was like no this isn't gonna help anyone just just power on it'll be right exactly i know and then you
1: feel that particularly when you're expecting you feel like the biggest like idiot if you're like you know Obviously, the, a lot of the focus is on the mother. How they're going? They've they've got this like you know impending birth. Particularly if it's the first time, it's all very it's all big mystery. Mm. And then you you would feel like the biggest idiot, being like, "Oh, hey guys, I've got depression," sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you feel mm. it's like, why would you even bother anyone with that? Like that that's what is going. Even though it is very important to talk about, you, yeah. you're telling yourself, "I don't want to take away from what the priority is."
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even just like reaching out and, and asking for help. Like I remember some of the times where, cause mine would graduate from, as I said, I'd be thinking about something and if I let it play in my mind, and it turned into something bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. But how do I just go on to someone, you know, either my wife or someone that I feel really comfortable with in, in sharing and just say, Hey hey mate, I'm you know, I'm worried about this, you know, or I'm I cannot stop thinking about this thing, you know? I had someone at work, I remember, towards the end of uh, my first job and I actually started saying to them, you know, look, I'm I'm genuinely worried about this and, and just to have like someone just to listen to you and say, Okay, look, I hear what you're saying man but like let me let me like add some perspective to it and after having that conversation getting someone's perspective like it's just a big boom like it's just a your adrenaline and everything goes up you know everything you've been worked about for ages you can't sleep for days and days and days because you're thinking about this thing yes and then you know and just talking to someone about it you know as big as or small as it is you know it just gives you this immediate relief and you're just like far out I should have just done that so much earlier yeah um, I'll just save myself like I haven't slept for five days yep, <laughs> or something I yep. haven't slept well or whatever you know and and I just found it like and that's something I've learned along the way just just to talk about it just not to not to let it get bad I guess to a point there where it's, it's really affecting you and and that's and that's hard and like just like you know
1: it's um it's certainly making a mountain out of molehill 100% like for sure that, like that's essentially the analogy of it and once you're past or once as you, exactly you get that perspective you're like man I was being ridiculous about that like why the heck like why was mm. I getting so worked up about that mm. I, I guess just to continue on with the story so you know I'm, I'm trying to deal with this pressure in my head I haven't bothered to actually look yet like to research into this type of stuff because i feel like that (laughs) researching about tension headaches and things like that just you you get a headache reading it (laughs) like do you know what i mean like i'm just like i I, i'm just trying to forget it yeah i'm trying to distract myself um and i liken it to um it either feels like your brain is swelling above your nose and between your eyes and all your forehead or it feels like that you've got someone behind you like gripping their hands over the front of your head yeah. and digging their hands onto the top of your eyebrows. Like, that's what... The pressure. It feels like, yeah. yes. Um, and I, I actually found this artwork online which, um, like, just displayed that feeling perfectly. Um, I, I really should find it to share it. But dealing with this sort of thing, it's... Um, I, I feel like, you know have i got a tumor have i you know all these different things pop up in your head yeah and you know i'm adjusting i have to maintain work and meetings and social interactions and and on the surface i make myself look totally fine i try not to look like i'm in pain or anything but inside i just want it to go away i would always find myself running my when it's bad running my hands like through my hair i would try and like slap myself in the face yeah i would be like and this this is all without even actively wanting to do it you would just do it i'll touch my ears i'll try you know the you know when you're an airplane and you try and like hold your nose to like release the pressure yep um i I was doing that all the time yeah to like unblock it and there were so this is essentially like i i I powered through it um it's still a major issue but i over over the time i've grown used to it i've just i've just learned how to deal with it right and so back to the part with the the pregnancy so there are actually several occasions um where my pregnant wife would actually pass out in the car and obviously given all the history i just explained with you know getting to the point of even having a first baby and she passes out in the car and, and, and she's unresponsive and, and ah. um and her tongue's gone grey. Yep. and and um and um when it first happened and it came out of nowhere, She it, it always happened when she was a passenger in the car. And it was some I, I think I think the in thing in the end was that it was something to do with the way she was sitting, it I think it was blocking some blood flow or something was happening. Yeah, okay. And it and it would trigger it and sometimes she would have like a, almost like a mini sort of seizure thing when it was happening as well. Yeah. And so you combine all that with obviously the stuff I've explained going on with the, with the head pressure and I'm just like holy crap like I think my wife's about to die and there's a baby in there and just mm. and um I mean, after the first, like, we rushed to the hospital and that was fine. And it happened like five other times after that in the pregnancy. Yeah, okay. Um, but, I, but I knew like you you soon learn, okay, no, it does actually come good. And, and you just sort of have to position, I have to try to position her in a certain way and try and bring her back to her consciousness and stuff like that. So. Yeah,
0: you constantly just, I guess, in the back of your mind, you're thinking this could happen at any point in time. Yes. I know, obviously, you know, this is going to work out and how to handle it, but you're just constantly on edge just with you know, okay, I've got to worry about this, you know, I've got bubs and, and everything else that's going on in life too. Mm. It's just it's just another added on thing.
1: Particularly if she was driving around by herself, yeah. I, I would always just worry it would happen. I, I said to her, I'm like, if you ever feel lightheaded, Pull over. if you ever feel like that suddenly you need to put the window down, because that was always the, the, the trigger. She'd suddenly just be like, oh, sort of make a noise. And then she would reach to turn the air con up or put the window down. I'm like, yep, yeah, this is going to happen. And lo okay. and behold, amid, within a minute it would happen. Wow. So I, I always, I would, I'd be worrying at work. I'll be like, if you ever feel like that, pull over like immediately. Yeah. Um. So you've got all this going on. That there's a lot riding on it. Like you feel like this has been, you know, almost five years to the point from starting to try for a baby up until you know they're going to arrive.
0: Yeah. You've been really tested, you guys. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. That being said, the birth went very well, awesome, and we had a beautiful, beautiful baby girl, in and it was it was quite short as well, so it, it, w- it wasn't like some of the horror stories you hear about people being labour for days, yeah, yep. and stuff like yep. that. Oh, that's great. Um, it actually nearly landed on our anniversary too. Oh, she nice. was born um, born in the early morning after our anniversary, oh, so that's an easy date for me to remember. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah. it's always
0: good. <laughs> Excellent. That's so um
1: good. And with her, with our daughter, there was the usual struggles of like first time parenthood, but overall, she was a fantastic sleeper and we did not realize how good we had it I remember coming home and like my wife would be upset that oh she only had a nap for like two and a half hours or whatever you know like we thought that was short and yeah we were so so wrong um because you just don't know how good you have it all right so we we were stoked anyway fast forward to when we're expecting our second child everything followed a similar path there there was another miscarriage before that as well but yes, a similar things, the same passing out in the car scenario, but I was prepared for it. And we expected the birth experience to be the same. And it very much was up until the final moments of it. And then basically it looked like my son had got stuck and just me being in there with her and then seeing the look of on the nurses like on the midwife's faces that like they just suddenly had this like everything's fine everything's fine like yep yep you're getting there you're getting there and they suddenly had this look of like oh crap this is really bad and i was just like what what and i was asking them questions and they weren't responding to me responding and i was just like what is going on and suddenly they pick up the phone and they're like emergency call the doctor in and stuff and basically he'd got stuck and because of that my son would had obviously like panicked inside, and he had mm. he had basically like done a poo in in there, and and all that's yep. floating around, and they were worried that he was going to yeah. swallow that, like swallow the meconium, sure, which is you know a major deal because if he swallows and it blocks it, then that's it. Yeah, yep. and so it was all hands on deck, emergency cesarean, and yeah. basically for like I I, I remember being I, I got left in a hallway, and they rushed her into theatre, and I was I was just. Standing in this hallway for an hour, Jeez. just like, and I was just like, "What is going on? No one is coming." And yeah. I, I just started crying. I was like, "This is like early hours of the morning," and I could sort of hear some noises and that. And then suddenly, this nurse comes out. She's like, "Oh, did no one get you?" Uh-huh. And I'm like, "What?" And then they like, quick Fired. get 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 your scrubs on. Yeah. And I get in there, and my son's out. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually so glad that I wasn't there to see him. Get pulled out right. because basically when I, by the time I rocked up, he was grey. He wasn't really breathing much. He wasn't moving, mm. and he had like a vacuum down his throat. They were trying to clear his airways. Yeah, and it was just like you have in your head like how the first one went. Yeah, and and everything was looking like that way, and then when everything goes so wrong,
0: just not expected like not expected at all. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was just like an yep. emotional wreck. I came in there. There's like ten different people in the theater, and and and, and, and it's not like I'm on the other side of the curtain i can i could see the full surgery like i could see everything open up you know like that's the door that i came in yeah and i'm there and i'm, I'm trying to like talk to this doctor being like oh you know like trying to be optimistic being like oh i'm, I'm glad yeah i'm glad it worked out and then he wasn't speaking to me Jeez. he was trying to like revive my son almost and i was just like they're trying to warm him up
0: fire out and you just, um, you're just say so helpless at that moment what do, you, what do you do you know it all it all just happens in a blur and these guys are doing what they're doing and i understand that they've got their they, they just go into action mode you know that's all that they do but you're just sitting there just you know never experienced it before yeah. you know just going through this complete roller coaster
1: yeah and from that basically they were flown to the children's hospital in Perth and that piece of advice you gave about getting perspective by go to, going to a children's hospital yeah, like that was actually as much as it sucked that, that, that they did have to fly enough to drive up the next morning that was actually a really good thing considering what had happened because there were, there's other kids in there that have it So much worse than we had it,
0: hundred percent. Like, hundred percent. You
1: know, and and I was just like, I was feeling terrible about what had happened, and I started blaming myself. I was like, Is there something? Am I? It's like some. I had this weird thing in my head about karma. It's like, am am I somehow paying? Is there something I did in the past that I'm paying for? Like, this is my punishment, and I felt so bad about like this is his first moments in this world is panic mm, mm. and i'm like is this going to affect the rest of his life and i would mm. just like it was all the stuff was playing in my mind yeah. and i couldn't yeah. help it yeah
0: and once again um, it's, it's it's you yeah. know i can only imagine it's just one of these things where it just takes a seed you know one little thing yes depending on how i guess vulnerable you are at that moment and mate you are at the i can only imagine I've never been through anything like that and on touchwood i hope never am but you know i can only imagine how vulnerable you were and just to start it's so easy if you've been in that headspace to 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 pick it back up Mm. you know i don't know what it is i don't know whether it's you know something is part of if you've ever gone through depression or or anxiety whether the body has this sort of in in the hard times like that whether it just has this automatic default mode let's just go back here you know because it's the easiest way to do it but just to plant a seed like that you know in that sort of time when you're in that headspace can easily turn into something like like you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if you know you're sitting there. It's not the time for you to you know be reaching out to you know, your wife and talking about these <laughs> things. So it's just mm. you know in you you're you're just you're in your head. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yep. You're you know, I definitely know where you're coming from, man. But I know you know now. It's definitely not your not your fault nothing that you've done it's completely you know outside of your control but um you know I I definitely I definitely feel where you come from it's just
1: one of those things that you always like you the constant question but between like once my wife was fine and she was sort of talk about exactly what happened because she doesn't remember a lot of it because of you know mm. um certain like drugs and gas and everything that they give you during the time yeah. and I try to sort of recount it all to her and It's not until that she she was fine that we were like... The constant question was, like, how did it go so wrong? We were just like, this shit... Like, we had just the absolute positivity and expectation that it would be just like the first one. That that it, it almost put, like... Like, she didn't get the the classic first moments with the baby. Like, here's your new baby. You get to hold them. Like, the first, yeah. you know, like, we missed out on all moment. of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was the first one to hold him because sure. I was carrying him out of the theatre and she was getting sewn back up and she was shaking from all the drugs and stuff they'd given her. Sure. And it was just like, you feel like you were robbed of, of that moment. And I think that just that really played a big part in what became postnatal depression for her. Yeah. So yeah. that that first year of Flynn, he, he, I and mean, he's perfect now. He's, oh, he's more than he's like the, the switched-on little kid. He's he's naughty as hell, Yeah, typical yeah, three-year-old. Yeah, so is mine. Um, <laughs> But but back then he was it, compared to Nevaeh for sure. The, we we got hit with like the real deal. This is what some babies are like, and he was very high needs. He would only nap for like five minutes at a time. Wow. A- okay. And and it basically resulted in me because the state my wife was getting in. Like we with veil we always shared back and forth the nighttime stuff. End up being me just being like, n- like no, like you need to sleep because I know what he's gonna be like during the day because yeah. I'll be at work. Yep. So I did yep. all the nighttime stuff. So I I'd be going to work, yeah. you know, <laughs> haven't got up like twelve times that night or something. And and you and you and you're just powering through it because you're like I have to be that rock for her because because she was just getting in a real state with it. Um, I would get her; she'd be phoning me at work, being like, you need to come home now. I feel like I can't handle this and everything. And all throughout that first year, there was arguing between us because we're both wrecked. There's a lot of tears. There were threats, like yep. you just say stupid stuff when you're arguing and you're tired. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, and it was say, essentially the doctors just said, yeah, she um, had postnatal depression and she was put on, um, she was prescribed antidepressants and that certainly was helping her cope with it and she's still on them to this day, I mean, a lot a lot less because, you know, the kids are growing up, etc. and all that sort of stuff.
0: Those that, that, that are the first couple of months... You know the first the first three months always the hardest yeah and yep. for, for any other you know parents out there you know they, they know they, they've experienced it where you know the first three months it's sort of just like yeah you're, you're learning the sleep patterns and every kid's different you know everyone's got sort of opinion and, and you might like just like in your situation you know your first little girl is, is is perfect sleeper you know you had it great and then and then Flynn came in through and, and he's completely different and, and same with us you know um, they slept completely different and they were up at different times and, and like it was a different experience as well and just when you think you've got it down pat as a mum and dad and, you, and you're doing the high fives yeah. and you know they're down yes let's 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 go to sleep um you know it, they change it on you you know whether it's a growth spurt whether they're going through something else it's just this constant changing and it, it's hard for any parents doing that because you are running on on nothing you know you just got to try and work as a team or but it's all about balancing everything else in life you know you, you've still got life and you've got to go to work and do other things and it all plays a role in you but i mean that's that's great that she was able to reach out for help i guess was she really open to going to the gp or talking about it initially or was it something that sort of had to take her time and kind
1: of similar to the Tory story it took other people to tell her on multiple occasions before she yeah sure would admit it yeah yeah I'm, I'm yeah. just
0: happy that she she got the reach out and she she got help and um and just start having the conversation about it and yeah then, you know sometimes you just you just need it you absolutely need it and she's got good people around her it sounds like and yourself and helping her out so that's that's really good really good definitely so I guess coming to the the next part of uh, your journey I just wanted to touch base about and you may have mentioned about this just just reaching out for support and friends and family about talking about it so I know you were speaking to your wife about you know everything that's going on and, and obviously having these conversations more and more with her Was was there anyone else, I guess, friends that you were talking to about this? I know family-wise, like everyone was sort of scattered around Australia and maybe later on in life, you might have started having these conversations. But I guess, was there anyone else that you were talking to about this or seeking other help?
1: Yeah, so basically my best friend who I also, I worked with in both the workplace I'm at now and the one before. Yeah, okay. So he, he also went through the losing job scenario too. Yep. He has a, a history of depression anyway um like he doesn't have a a family or like kids or any of that part of it but there's certain other parts of it that um he's very open to talking about and he's very aware of like mental health issues so it's really great to have him around yeah that's good. yeah over time i've sort of opened up a bit more to my wife but it's still that that general stigma of like yeah, with being a male, where you just kind of like... I would say, yeah, no, guys should be allowed to show their emotions, but the general consensus among guys, oh, no I, don't, no, I don't talk about any of that crap, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, that's right. that That old thing and I, I never wanted to talk to my parents about it yeah as I say given the nature of like the stuff with my dad and how he'll he'll try and use it as a tool to bring me back to religion or something like that yeah. and I've avoided the in-laws too because like a lot of people from their generation they don't understand exactly like how depression can affect you even though everything in your life is great mm. they'll be like what's there to be sad about do you know what I mean yeah yeah and so I've I remember there's a few times where like my wife would mention it to her mom, like oh hey Simon's feeling like this and she's just kind of like she, it's almost it's like a, a brand new concept. She's like, what, what? what's this depression people keep talking about? like.
0: Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. I know, I suppose a little sidestep on, on my story. My dad was really open. I was really, really fortunate. By the time I started talking about it, I think one of the first people that I spoke to, I think even before speaking to my wife, was actually my dad. And I think the reason being is that uh, my wife, when she started seeing the signs of me, because obviously I wasn't talking and then I became worse, my wife reached out to my dad and said, Hey, I think you need to have a chat you know, something doesn't seem right. And so dad reached out to me and, um, and dad sort of shared a little bit about his background and, and that really opened me up because, you know, dad, dad was from that generation. Dad was from the generation where his parents were like, you know, just, just move on. You, you know, you can't talk about that sort of stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's taboo type. Exactly. Bit. And yeah. it was probably the first time that dad really spoke openly about like what he went through or, you know, just in, just in life in general. And, you know, he'd sort of flashback to his experiences and, and you know start sharing his story and I again you know the big reason why doing this podcast is the fact that dad opening up about his his stories you know really gave me sort of strength to go geez okay I didn't I had no idea about this and you've gone through this and you know obviously you've you've come out and you know, whilst you know, you might have your bad days, you know, you've you've learned some techniques along the way or some tools and, and you know, I can see that there is light at the end of the terminal. So it gave me strength as well. So I was quite fortunate that I could have that chat with dad. And I guess those conversations with dad lent me to have conversations with my wife, which led me having conversations with obviously a GP and, and like getting out there and actually seeking um, professional help. Because I, I think I got to a point there where, for myself. Anyway, I think I sort of just let it go too far, and then I guess it gets to a point there where you're like, right, I really need to retrain the brain type bit, mm. and just get and just and just start implementing some techniques, yeah. uh, which, which I spoke about in the episode, and, yeah. and go from there. So, um, and just I guess on that there, talking about. I'm really interested to get your perspective and and your feedback about what you've learnt along your experiences in managing your mental health now and how you're going today and how you're travelling now.
1: As the kids have grown, like I've moved on to new challenges and 2018 has been my most up and down. So I've just seemed to swing wildly between being really excited and optimistic about something and then uh, to like suddenly snapping or stressing or feeling like a loss of purpose and desire. And these are almost always like a direct reaction to the tension headaches. And then that just like puts you into that state. And at my most vulnerable, which is, this is like one of the things that I, I feel like my next challenge of something to how to address it is am i most vulnerable when i feel when I'm questioning myself the most in that i essentially i know it sounds crazy but it's like you hear voices mm. like in your head yeah. like you can picture people ridiculing you criticizing you asking you questions and stuff like that and in those instances i'll try and distract myself with like nice thoughts and i'll immediately jump to the extreme opposite of that because yeah. you're like I, yeah. I should be thinking about walking through a nice sunny field of flowers and And then you suddenly suddenly picture somebody getting murdered or something like, and it's just, it's, it it is that sort of stuff. Just like really, it's really hard to control. and, And I guess what I want to get across is I don't want anyone to think that okay, I'm thinking about those negative stuff, which means I'm going to turn into a serial killer. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's 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 nothing like that. It's no. just the way that your mind can just jump so quickly between what you're wanting to think about and then what yeah. you end up thinking about. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just, I let that get on top of me. In my worst points, I've had genuinely suicidal thoughts and that's probably occurred a few times this year. And I then find that, you get to that place and it's almost like everything goes quiet and there's that moment of like pause when, you, when you're when just like that thing runs through your head and then suddenly you snap out of it and you're like, why the hell did I go there? Yeah. Like why you start hating yourself for even thinking of that. You're like... Yeah. Like this is this is pathetic. Why why I have so much? There is so much to live for. Why am I letting this thought pattern bring me to that place? Yeah. And and in, instantly, one of the things that always brings me back is as soon as I think of the kids. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I'm yeah.
1: just I I would start crying. Like I like recently say about a month ago and i was going through a real low point and i was outside in the morning and 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 we're we're getting our house ready for another home open because we're trying to sell our house at the moment and i was i was out there in the morning my wife was still asleep and i was cleaning the the patio Hmm. and i i was stuck in that space and i was just i just stood outside still and just cried for half an hour like i just you let it get on top of you, and then you, you almost like I'm not saying that everyone should go around and just be crying all the time. There is something in that; yeah. it, it's a release, mm. you know. Like you feel like after the fact, you can think clearer. You're like, why did I go there? You're like, you know, pick yourself up.
0: Yeah, it's a release. That's get
1: on, and then suddenly it's almost you, you've you've it's like you've opened your eyes to something, yeah. and you're like, yeah. I was being stupid. Everything's actually really good. Let's get on with the day, and yeah. I've never acted upon anything. This is purely thoughts, but it scares you. And then my biggest piece of advice in those moments is that moment will pass. Yeah. So you, you, you need to write it out. Like you need, don't do anything stupid mm. in in that headspace. Because once you're on the other side of the fence or whatever, however, whatever analogy you want to use, yep. and you can see it from the other side, yeah, you're yeah. like, yep. man, I was just like, this is all in my head. Like this is literally, yeah. it, it is insane. It's I don't have any, it's not like I have a, you know, like a war injury or something, you know, and, a, and you know, then there's no, it's hard to describe. It's not like I'm out on the battlefield and I'm like dragging my body across the thing and I'm like moments away from death anyway. It's nothing, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's all, it's, it's nothing physical or anything, it's all in your head. Yeah. It is. But it, it's so, it still does
0: my mind to think how powerful the mind is, like through, and I know people like, so in my story, I talk about, you know, retraining the brain. And I know it's like a stereotypical, you know, uh, you know, you, you hear it all the time, you know, retrain your brain, you know, see people doing marketing and all the rest of it. But for, for me, the mind is such a powerful place. And that if you're in a dark place and if you're constantly in that place, it is amazing how comfortable your mind gets in there. Yes. And not only do you start like do you stay in there but it's amazing how like everyday things adapt to that like you make a mistake or you you know something something small happens to you but it's it's not a good thing it's amazing how the mind you know just can turn that it's like here's a flat tire or is it something like oh no this is someone's way of telling me you know i've been Yes. Karma, like, exactly yes. like you said. You know, is yes. this is this constantly like, a, you know, this is one thing and it adds up to yep. another yep. thing. Someone else might look at this and go, "May I'm just having a bad day." And but if you're in, if you're vulnerable and you're in a terrible dark place, and you're these little things can, can not only get you down, but like can just really just keep eating at mm. you. Mm. Um, and it and and where your mind takes it, you know, is, is is endless. You know what I mean? So and as much as like even myself, I've gone through some really dark places and. And I think it's just a combination of like not releasing it like yourself, whether it's crying or whether it's talking to someone else, but just having, like finding that I'll get to a place where I'm just like, I- I've been here for too long and everyday things, when something goes bad, like it's it's not a bad thing, but it, to me, it's 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 the end of the world type things. Uh, small things are, are huge yes, things. Yeah. And, and if I stay in there and y- 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 your brain's just constantly switched on, like I found, and my wife picked this straight up. I would, in a Monday to Friday, when I'm busy doing work, I was okay because my mind was on. Yes. Like it was, it was always mm. on, but my wife hated holidays. Yeah. The reason being yep. is I stopped working. And if I stopped working, my mind stops, it, 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 it stops being distracted. Yep. And if it's not being distracted, then it's open to things. And if I'm in a, not a great place, then these open things make me think. And, you know, if I'm thinking negatively, then it just compounds. Mm. So I would find that probably my worst times was, was more so just about like when I had time to think. Yeah. And it sounds yeah, terrible. I know. You know what <laughs> like, you know, I'm away from work. I shouldn't be stressed. I'm the most stressed because like I've got nothing to distract me. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me was, you know, people talk about like having a distraction. I needed it. Like if I didn't have it. I would be in, in in big trouble, and like I'd be just walking around, pacing, thinking of stuff, or can't sleep, and th- And my wife would just be like, "Just go, just go to work, go do something." Do you know what I mean? But yeah, so I, I definitely, I definitely get that.
1: Oh, that is it. It is like. <laughs> The art of distraction is just, it, it's crazy because that's literally what a lot of it's about. that That's what a lot of it has been in terms of, as you say, preventing yourself from having the time to go to places. And mm. also, you know, for me, if I was being distracted, particularly with something I enjoyed doing, that certainly mm. helped a lot with the, the, the headache scenario because I didn't have the time to think about it and make it worse. Yep. So that's actually um, one of my pieces I'll jump ahead to that it's actually one of my pieces of advice is find something that you enjoy if Mm. if you don't have a hobby already just try something out or whatever because for me at the moment I do band jam every week and when I'm doing it I'm having so much fun and I'm just playing around on the drums and stuff and we're making music and and Mm. you don't have to think about like you not thinking about any of these other worries and that could you can leave there just feeling like yeah. there's just just this rush of positivity and you're like this is this is great like it's a good pick me up
0: yeah it's a good positive distraction and like just having that social aspect as well like I, I don't know about yourself but I'm like working by myself a lot and and that's probably another thing as well with regards to like if you, you know if you've got all these things happening on at home and you're literally okay I'm going into work and, and either working for your, you know, or just you know working by yourself and doing other things you really need that social interaction and I think that's one of the things that I've tried to do more yep. from my side of things as well just have more social interaction where I used to be just like well maybe I'm not feeling 100% well or keep to my but i guess now these days i try and get more social interaction with you know with my friends and, and getting out there and doing that i know we um try and catch up try and do like a nintendo session we'll pull out the old nintendo 64 and we have just big game like either mario kart or, or the mario parties and just have that and it's just just banter that's all it is it's yeah just, exactly. it's just good to have a chat
1: yeah as soon as you, if you find those people that can open up and and relate and just uh, are there. To listen and as you say you're playing games at the same time it's just like banter as well so it's it, you know, it doesn't feel like a like a like a psych session or anything like that yeah and and that's cool like when you can just go over that and it could be just with your um you know your friends down at the, at the pub or whatever and just mm. it's like if, if you go out for a drink and you can end up talking about anything and um, mm. sometimes you can get into some really deep conversations and it's yeah, good. Yeah, like, you've you been know. in a few of those. That's yeah, for sure. and uh, I mean on that note, for the past few years, I've definitely kind of like upped my alcohol intake I kind of used it as a coping mechanism it was almost to the point that I'd get home and I'd, and I'd be like it, there was a dependency on it mm. um, like I felt like I had to have one to even chill yeah like I, was, I, I, was, I was just strung so tight yep. but that sort of became a bit over the top and it was generally kind of bad for like my gut health and stuff anyway mm. so yep. I, I, I still do enjoy a drink here and there but i managed to go beyond feeling like i needed to depend on it
0: yeah well i can certainly put up my hand and say that that's been one of the things that i've done and and it's one of those ones where when it gets really bad and you know decide not to you know have a chat about it with your partner or, or whatnot it's 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 just a simpler solution you just think it's there you know i'll have one yep. i'll chill out calm the nerves down and, and it'll be right just like yourself i guess and you made mention here as well as one of the other things and techniques that you've sort of picked up a long ways is, is exercise so yes
1: yeah. Big advocate for that. When you mentioned that as your piece of advice, I was just like, yep, 100% yeah. agree with that. Because it's just, uh, particularly if you've been like cooped up inside, whether inside the office, inside the house, mm. like just it, it sounds so simple, but just going for a walk or whatever is like I'll take the dog out every time I do this right Um, Mm. and I'm out there and I'm either listening to podcasts or music and it's just aside from even feeling like okay yes you've had your physical activity so you feel good about that Mm. you could like be in a real state or or even if you've had an argument or whatever you're stressing about something and you're like screw this I'm out for 30 45 minutes Mm. and you come back and you're just like new perspective yeah. Uh, instantly and you're like okay yeah I've had time to kind of like distract myself recoup and then you then you can come at it in from a more logical way
0: yeah yeah I th- I found it for me and I'm still doing it I um I get up early in the mornings and I do the the uh I'm doing f45 at the moment which is really good um and I find it's it's one of those ones for me, I, I do it three times a week, get up in the mornings before work and I go there. And it's one of those ones where, like I've tried the gym and I've, I've been to many, many gyms. And, you know, you go in there, unless you go with a mate who's really like strict on you, uh, you've got a PT, I go in there, I fluff around, I do bits and pieces. But this one here, look, i just, I just get in, get the job done, uh, they push me out as, as much as I can. But um, but just to have it there, like, and, you know, you read about it, about like the, the endorphins, sorry. Yes. You know, just the release of the endorphins and, and how such a chemical reaction in your body helps calm you down and help you not just physically, just just mentally, and I mean like it's a it's a big thing that I've been doing for a long while now, and I just for me I know it works. I used to like as you may know would know is that when when you're going through the anxiety, it's amazing how like how tired you get, like with regards to you know you will get like just the constant anxiety up and down and up and down up and down, mm. and your body mm. just goes through this massive like it just goes bang, and like your body just goes into this, this massive shock. which just releases all these these chemicals, and and you just you doing that all day, you're exhausted. Mm. So what I what I find with the exercise, go in there, I smash it out. I'm exhausted, and for whatever reason, like I always find that I don't get the anxiety that nowhere near anything that I've I've ever had. And so long as I've been keeping that up, everything's been managed I guess or things that would normally like there might be a trigger that either at work or home or whatnot that like would get me going you know since doing the exercise it, it, it hasn't and, I, and I, I definitely feel that that's definitely been one of the factors that's that's helped me
1: yeah that's fantastic one for me personally which I mean I, I know a lot of people get all sorts of aches and pains and stuff but I get um from constant computer work and stuff you know you can develop a slouch and I get like a lot of neck and shoulder pain and stuff and I get regular remedial massage to um Um, uh, undo the knots you know straighten yourself out a bit and that just getting that part sorted Mm. is great because when you are all knotted up and you're tense and your shoulders feel tight and and you're and you're getting the headaches Mm. your neck's hurting and everything that instantly puts you in a bad mood and which is just like the it's you're then so susceptible to dropping into like a depressive state so yeah yeah. Yeah, so um if particularly yeah if you're doing office job and stuff like that anything to do with that and good ergonomics I'm a big advocate for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's definitely going along with that. I've made the decision to definitely cut down a lot on my freelance work so I do freelance like design and um and stuff like that and web related stuff so I was I used to do a hardcore back in the day like I would wake up at five in the morning work for three hours then go to my day job then come home have an hour off and then work till 10 at night like all computer just like uh and and, and, uh, I mean this is prior to children and and over time I like pull back on that and then when you had kids I was like I definitely have to pull back on that and yeah I'm kind of going uh yeah even further where I'm really picking and choosing what I do say yes or or no to um in terms of inquiries and stuff and knowing the time that I have available because yeah I just if I cut down on that less time in front of uh, the screen less time in the chair more time for me and for family Mm. is a huge positive. I, I feel bad when I don't make time for family, yeah. particularly the kids at like the age that they are. You know, they're so fun. Yeah. You don't want to get older and they've grown up and moved out of home and you regret snapping at them because they tried to ask you a question while you're working on something after hours do you know what i mean like
0: yeah it's yeah no i definitely definitely resonates with me because they're not going to be young for for this long exactly. it's just that quality <laughs> of life balance and if you're lucky enough to find it and so, you know sometimes you just got to make sacrifices but i think that's one of the things that i've learned since having kids is that things that were really important aren't so important yeah, so much exactly. or you're happy to take a haircut here and there you know whether it's pay or the type of job environment you're working in or team whatnot to you know get home a bit earlier or to to go to school events and things like that and it definitely makes it makes a family environment so much better and, and the quality of life and the time that you spend with your kids. You hear the stories about, you know, people growing up and just focusing on work and the rest of it and they miss so much time and then years later when the kids are in teens they try and, you know, make it up as best they can and it's to no one's fault, but it's just one of those things where hindsight you look back and you think, Could have made some choices a bit different, but um you know it is what it is. But it's definitely a quality of life difference, that's for sure. So on your points there. So just for yourself and, and manage your own mental health, there's important points about exercising and making sure you're talking to people and reaching out for help and the sort of distractions but the I guess the positive creative type distractions with regards to hobbies and, and and things that you enjoy as well as that quality of life balance whether you can do it whether it's work or anything else that you've got going on that you can just share and make sure that you're, you're getting that quality of life balance that's awesome hey um so just a, on that last point there just wanted to touch on how you're going now how you're traveling where do you see your mental health right now
1: Okay, yeah, so basically I've been on antidepressants for three weeks now. Okay. So I'm very new to it. Um, I do feel like it's going relatively well so far. It is early days, but yeah. I I do feel positive about how it's kind of like evened out my emotional swings and stuff yeah. and this was all because my wife went and made the appointment like okay. i i was always like no nah, no nah, i don't need to go they don't need to go there. i didn't want to admit yeah. it to myself and she she's, um she's so like, she's made the yeah she was like nah the GP, okay yeah. she just sent me a text you know and one day i got to work she's like yeah friday 12 30 yep. you know this is this is the doctor you're seeing They're and there. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and she came in with me Okay, that's um, awesome. That's really good. And I went in there positive, ready to open up and stuff. That's did great. Did get quite like I did break down a couple of times in front of the doctor, and he was like just like so great to talk to. Mm. And it was that thing of just hearing it from a medical professional, yeah. particularly saying, pointing out the certain things that other guys my age, like you know, it, like it's not an uncommon thing, and everything like that, mm. it was just like the gro- I, I left there feeling like definitely feel like a weight had been lifted yeah. um, in some regards. So naturally, I am anxious about my next downturn, given that like I am on the, the medication and stuff now. Mm. But at least I feel like I have some things in place. I have taken some action. Yep. I do accept exactly like what you said in your story, that life is not meant to be easy. It's not all meant to be smooth sailing. It will have its ups and downs, but essentially I have a wonderful family, a job I actually enjoy and is rewarding. I have a house, I have a good future. I just use this as a reality check to kind of wake myself up to it. Yeah. And one of the things that I feel like people in our generation particularly are really struggling with is they feel like they're never achieving enough. Everything is so rise to fame, you know. Yeah. Particularly with say in the podcasting thing, the content creators and stuff, it's just like everything is so based on statistic and mm. you're trying to do things that you enjoy and you feel like that you're not creating enough videos, you're not do, doing enough episodes, you're not... It's all like, go, 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 go and then people move on to the next thing and the next thing and you just... You start, like, panicking because you're like, man, I'm never gonna... Like, I, I, I want to make an impact in yeah. this uh, in this certain field or whatever and you're not getting somewhere or even not applying to that, just life in general where just I think people in our generation, they want... They see, like, a big fancy house that some retired couple might have and they're like, man, like i want that but now people yeah, are so impatient absolutely. and it's just like it's really been my year of just trying to let, let go that go let that whole like material yeah. wealth thing go let the whole trying to feel like that you are falling behind because there's so many things i have achieved it's like why can't i just yeah. enjoy that rather than worrying about the things that i don't have all that someone else is x amount of years ahead of me in their race in life and
0: yeah, definitely. That definitely comes across with, with me as well, with regards to like this sort of, I guess, generation that we're in—the the want it now type generation. Not all of us, but it's it's sort of like that common ground that a lot of them are out there achieving, or uh, wanting to achieve, or striving to achieve. Sometimes it just needs to be talked about more, just about that again perspective and just stopping, and just saying, you know, is it all worth mm. it? And making sure you're just doing you know, like a mental health check in. I can only imagine, and I'm certainly not in that position where you've got podcasters or content creators that are constantly grinding you know, competing, getting, looking at statistics and all the rest of it. So much of our generation is is in that pool. I can only imagine what's going through their minds. And a lot of people in our communities have sort of spoken up about that, about what they're experiencing and, and coming to terms with it. And I mean, that's a huge step for them. But certainly just getting that perspective, like you mentioned, you know, there's there's so much good in everyone's life. And, and, and when you're looking at it and you've got to take a step back and you've just got to, you know, you've got to get that perspective. Sometimes it's forced onto us, you know, it's, it's, it's always like that point there where, I always look at two scenarios obviously the the one in my episode where I talk about going to a, a children's hospital the reason being is because I've done it Leah our eldest was rushed to hospital in an ambulance once and then again to hospital where we spent overnight there and and the second time multiple hours there maybe eight to nine hours and you just you see families around there with other children that are like so sick and you just it just hits you mm. it hits you that you are so lucky the other other smaller example that I use is when you're driving and if you get pulled over by the police and you get that absolute rush, like, oh my God, you know, I'll never do this again. I've got perspective now, you know, I'll never speed. I'll never <laughs> do this again, you know, and how long that lasts for. Like you literally, the cop walks away and he's like, don't do it again. You're like, right. Okay. Yep. 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 And you walk away and you're like, I'm never doing this again. I've got perspective. Could have lost my license suspended all this stuff but just holding that you know just holding that for a moment or reflecting back on that because they walk away you know you go home next day might be gone you know it's trying to get that perspective is just to say like how good have you got it you know everything might not be fancy and perfect in in your world and, and like you said life is life but man you're just so lucky when you get some perspective, and I, and I guess that's that's one of the key things for me that I try and implement in my day, and, it, and it really like when when stuff's not going great or you start start looming back into that sort of negative depression type thoughts, it's it's the anchor, you know, that always just rips me right back and, and just says, "Hang on, mate." let's look at this, you know, you roof over your head, you got food on the table, you know, your kids are healthy, you've got a beautiful lady or a husband that loves you, you live in the dream, mate. So it, it's all good and whatever comes up in life, you know, you deal with it together one step at a time and you can't stress about stuff that, you know, you don't see or can't foresee, things happen and you just do the best you can, one foot in front of the other and, uh, and go from there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's really having to understand where you sit and how far ahead you are in comparison to where you could be. Yeah, particularly when it comes to like health and just it, it, it just even within Australia itself, like what we have, it, mm. you, know, you see the situations of um, how people live in other countries and things like that. And you're like, man, we, we are spoiled. So things could be a lot, lot worse in so many different regards. Mm. I just think quickly going back to the thing about like the our generation and that, People only showing you online with their personas and stuff the positive things or they're trying to appear like a certain way and their and their their love and life and their all that sort of thing. Whereas You and I would know that nice family photo that you might post up was like a second, Mm -hmm. was like the one usable photo in the screaming of the children prior and the stress and and all that stuff just just to try and get a photo of looking like happy family. Do you know what I mean? Like people aren't showing the real deal. The hard thing is that it just puts people in this mental state of like, oh my God, all these people online look fantastic and look at all the stuff they're doing and everything's so carefree and that. It's just like, that is all bull. Yeah. People just have this urge to want to look that way. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, real life is just like, you know, yeah, okay, we post up some pictures of our kids' party, great kids' party. There were still tears. There were still kids falling over.
0: There's things that didn't go right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. People didn't show up because they went to the other Batman birthday party, and kids were in tears. Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: yeah. Like my yep. my son, the birthday boy, some kid on his bike flew past and rode straight into him, and he hit his head on the pavement. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. and I was just I was you know naturally freaking out and yeah. stuff, but like you know we we didn't show that. Yeah, we didn't say, oh hey, Flynn's got this huge bruise on his head now. Yeah, I think yeah that sort of fictitious life that kind of like people appear to lead yep. is yeah. just. Um, Yeah, I think just that lack of sense of realism just does not help with our generation's mental state. Yeah,
0: I think where I would like to see it, I like to see authenticity. When someone's being authentic, that that really resonates with me. So when I see on social media, you can see life is great, life is great, life is great. How good is this? I just like when people are more authentic with with what they're going through and they're happy, I guess, brave enough to to post it out there. I mean, like, yeah, I guess the the community has got a lot of toxicity in it, but there's a lot of support and a lot of positivity. And I, I just think... I would love to see it where we start showing more authentic, you know, thoughts and feelings and, and what's really going on. You know, I think people will aspire to that a lot more. And if there can be like a movement or a trend towards that, I think it'd be a healthier place, mentally healthy for, you know, not just our generation, the next generation that's going to be, oh, I can only imagine it's just going to be heavily more lenient on this. So, you know, who knows? Hopefully there's some good that comes out of it. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm really hoping for something like that too.
0: Yeah, I just want to wind up now. I've taken up so much of your time and I really appreciate your story and just say thank you. Your story really resonates with me. And just the fact that how much common ground that we have with with our stories it, it's crazy <laughs> it really is <laughs> but yeah and it but it just cements the fact that how common a lot of you know these these thoughts and feelings of, and mental health and depression and anxiety that you and i've gone through that so many others are going through our journeys are so different yours is different to mine well it's got a lot of similarities but it's different to someone else's but it's all about you know sharing our stories and and just like mine to yours if we can create value and and provide some Support, knowing that, look, this is happening to me. Um, This person got through it things work for different people and you know we're on a journey to find it but we're starting conversations where we're talking to people we're seeking help those around us have the ability to reach out and just like your wife with reaching out to the doctor and and seeking help on your behalf if we're not educating someone or helping someone bring awareness to them directly that might be going through something if if we can share it with someone else that's closest to them to someone else that's going through something else just to help them make the step you know this is what this project is all about so you know like I really appreciate your time thank you for sharing your story it really means a lot
1: yeah thanks very much for having me on i've I've literally that that last minute of you talking i've just been sitting here just like nodding my head at like a, a feeling of peace like just being able to get on and just go into detail with it man. I, I know this, that this is already uh hold the record for your longest episode <laughs> but um just having you there being so receptive and hoping that from both of the stuff that we're saying that other people that tune into your podcast will um will get something from it too like i at least feel like i'm doing my part as well as it being uh, some form of release and actually feeling quite peaceful about it
0: yeah i feel the same it's so good to talk to someone like yourself that's been through it and coming from a non-judgmental place and that has got the support and I know a lot of people will have that in their communities and, and within their inner circles too they just got to reach out ask for help and, and and the feeling that they'll get the immediate relief it's it is so powerful and it's definitely put you on the road to somewhere pretty special so yeah we just got to keep sharing our stories and encourage talk encourage conversations and, and seeking help um, and then to know that there's, there's people out there that are going through similar things and there is help, there is light and help is available. So just, just making being brave and making that first initial action to, to, to start talking and reach help. So it's it's awesome.
1: I look forward to hearing the other experiences from, from other people's stories um, that you'll have come out with such a strong start to this podcast. Uh, quite looking forward to gaining different perspectives about other certain types of depression or mental health issues that I don't really have that much to do with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I hope the the podcast can, can share that and, and through the stories just share awareness on, on, on other areas. You know, it's it's not just about depression and, and anxiety. You know, we, we talked about postnatal um, depression mm. uh, in the last podcast. And, and, and there's certainly so many other illnesses and, and, and areas of mental health that needs to be addressed. And, and as I said, everyone's got a different story. It might be the same sort of diagnosis on paper, but certainly how it came about and managing it And the reasonings why and the triggers and and the whole experience is all about sharing it and just bringing awareness to it. So I hope to to, to continue.
1: Yeah, because particularly a a little quick one is with Tori's episode when she was talking about the electroshock therapy Mm. as as the person receiving Mm. it. That is something that my dad had to do as a psychiatric doctor, yeah, was be the one administering it. And I always remember hearing about it. He would like, he probably only referenced it twice, but I was like, well, that sounds insane, yeah. Um, you know, I only found out about it as a teenager, yeah. And then hearing her part of it, of actually having to receive it and go through so many sessions, I was like, wow, like that was. I've I've never heard that before so even things like that you don't hear about that often and and it was just there as as part of her journey to to getting back to normality and Yeah um, yeah it was a big yeah, part of Yeah it was her.
0: crazy. That's an interesting point you know just that different perspective on the other side of the fence you know and 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 it's certainly part of it and it's part of a lot of people's journeys with with um that mental health so hey just before we go if you wanted to share where people can find you uh, on the social media if they want to follow you or
1: yeah so i'm mostly active uh, on twitter with the handle at precise path and i have that same handle on instagram as well and on the podcast side of things uh, i know it's not for everyone but hey if you are into your tech news particularly apple stuff then search up apple slice podcast because um yeah that's something i do on the side something i enjoy I would never have thought when I started it that just being part of the podcasting community would have like opened up these sorts of conversations that we're having. So that's just a a little sort of final note on it is that I found a whole new kind of group of friends and people to interact with just by being a podcaster. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I guess this is how I I started the podcast, going into a uh, community of podcasters that focused on video games, just meeting people, hearing their stories and just interacting with such a positive community. It really opens the doors to allowing you to do things like this and sharing stories and meeting other people so encouraging you to you know start these sort of hobbies in an environment where you know there's there's a lot of support and so it's really good all right simon i'll leave it at that thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it mate take care of yourself and um happy birthday for tomorrow too
1: yeah cheers (laughs) thank you (laughs) thanks
0: mate all right i'll speak to
1: you soon i'll catch you later you too cheers mate
0: guys thank you so much for listening As a reminder, if you or someone you know may be experiencing the similar signs or thoughts as Simon, please know that there is help available and you are not alone. I will list a number of these support organisations in the description area of this podcast episode. As always, thank you for your attention and support. If you found value in Simon's story or know of someone that would really benefit from listening, please make sure that you share it with them. Also, if you could take a moment to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, It really goes a long way in helping us share these important messages to others. Also, let us know your thoughts and feedback. The Pushing Through podcast can be found across most socials and major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Also, don't forget to share some love and go follow Simon on Twitter at Precise Path, as well as his podcast, Apple Slice, for all your news and reviews and information on all things Apple. Until next time, much love, take care of yourself.